welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And good evening and welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. We're going to get an update on the D-Day Prayer Project. Uh, Many of you have been following this over the last 11 years, from the time of our first legislative effort to launch the campaign through the passage of the legislation in the U.S. Congress, signed by President Obama back on June 30th of 2014, and now the uh, fundraising uh, phase that we've been engaged with for the last seven years. And now, as we come down to the wire, uh, we're going to talk about its construction and dedication later this year. And here's an interview that I conducted with uh, Chaplain Klingenschmidt. I was on his national TV program, and uh, Chaps asked me all the pertinent questions, so we thought we would hear from Chaps. So without further ado, here's the interview with Chaplain Klingenschmidt. Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. The World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C., right there on the mall, you've probably seen it, is about to get an upgrade. The FDR prayer is going to be added from D-Day, but Chris Long will tell us how you can contribute and make it happen. Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. God bless you in Jesus' name. My name is Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt, Dr. Chaps, and you're watching PIJN News. On this show, we like to do three things. We report the news, we discern the spirits, and we pray the scriptures in Jesus' name. On today's show, we have a returning guest and fan favorite of the program, Chris Long of the Christian Alliance uh, is going to talk about the FDR Memorial, that, that is the prayer that Franklin Delano Roosevelt said on June 6, 1944, is going to be inscribed and embossed in marble in the Washington DC World War II Memorial, right there in the middle of the mall. I wanna welcome Chris Long to the program to talk about this. Uh, how are you today, sir? Good, good to see you, Chris. Hello, chaps, good to be with you and uh... We're very excited about this prayer being added. It's been, well, it's been a little bit of a battle. And just like pray in Jesus' name, when you fought in the Navy for praying your faith, praying in Jesus' name, so adding this prayer in Washington has been no easy task, but we're almost at the finish line and we're very excited about it. Well, I'm excited too. Um, Describe the organization that you represent and what is your mission? You have a couple of them. That's right. Christian Alliance of America is our national organization. Of course, uh, the Ohio Christian Alliance, we've been working in Ohio for years and we have the national organization now. And then about 11 years ago, give people a little background on how the D-Day prayer came about, was basically I woke up one morning, told my wife, I've got an idea. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to ask Congressman Bill Johnson of Ohio 6th District to uh, offer legislation that will add FDR's D-Day prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. Well, one thing led to another. The, the congressman who had just newly been sworn in was thrilled. He's a veteran himself of the Air Force. He said, Chris, I'm honored that you would ask me to do this. And so he introduced it in the House of Representatives back then in 2011. Then I got a call from Senator Portman. And he said, Chris, I would like to be your Senate sponsor. And I said, well, Senator, we'd be honored. Well, one thing led to another. Uh, bills got started in both the Senate and in the House. The House uh, version passed first, and uh, that was H.R. 2070. And uh, Bill Johnson gave a great speech on the floor, and it, it passed by overwhelming margin. But uh, time ran out in 2012, and it didn't get done that year. And in fact, the Obama administration originally opposed the idea of adding the prayer. And then uh, that helped the whole project go viral because the Associated Press and lots of news agencies shared that over one weekend and it and everybody found out about the prayer and everybody was like, hey, this is a great idea. Who would be opposed? And two weeks later, the Secretary Salazar of the Interior came into a committee 
And Bill Johnson asked him, Congressman Johnson asked him, are you opposed to this? He said, no, sir. <laughs> they changed their mind. So they That's saw great. the overwhelming support of the public. So, so this is a, ultimately, let me clarify, did sign it into law. This yeah. is now a bipartisan, unanimous consent from both parties because FDR, the, the president in 1944, was a Democrat. And he was also very Christian. He signed, for example, the inscription of the Bibles when they passed out Bibles to the troops in World War II, they were dedicated by FDR. And he said a prayer, remind us now as students of history, what, what were the words of his prayer and was it one of those fireside chats when he was you know, leading America through World War II? What had happened that morning with the D-Day invasion? Well, that's right. The night before, actually, FDR went to the airwaves letting the country know about uh, the fall of Rome. He actually references that when he goes to the airwaves the next day. And he says, now I'm going to tell you about an even larger uh, campaign, and that is the liberation of Europe. And I'm asking you to join with me in prayer. And he said, it's, it's uh, been successful thus far. And so what had happened is he had actually gone to the airwaves uh, the evening of the D-Day uh, invasion. So that would be, oh, let's see, it'd be about five or six o'clock our time here on the East Coast on June 6, 1944. And of course, there's what, six hours difference between the East Coast and the coast of France. So it was probably around midnight their time. And uh, that uh, longest day, remember, that was uh, referenced by the German general, uh, Rommel, uh, it actually had been coming to an end and it had been successful, but they really needed prayer because mo most of it was still in doubt whether they could actually get a foothold in Europe, keep it going. Remember, they didn't have a large deep water harbor. Uh, you know, basically it was, uh, they had to make their own um, harbor later on with mulberries. This was a design where they brought in these uh, docks and brought them to the shore so they get heavy equipment in. And really the thousands and tens of thousands of tonnage that the troops would need uh, to advance on the European coast. And of course that did happen, but the president really knew he needed the prayer support of the people of America. And it's estimated that 100 million people worldwide heard that prayer as he went to the airwaves that night. And his prayer, which he uttered probably from Washington on the, the national airwaves over the radio, uh, was joined by Christians across America or people of any faith around the world who wanted to pray for victory and liberation of Europe. Uh, we're gonna show an excerpt of that prayer. We have new artist renderings of, of what the new revised memorial is gonna look like in Washington, D.C., and speeches by uh, Senator Portman and others right after this with Chris Long. Empowering you, the grassroots activist. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps, joined again by Christian Long, uh, Chris Long, who is a Christian, by the way. Uh, Christian Alliance of America is his organization. They're gonna put a prayer just the inscription of FDR's prayer given on D-Day in the World War II memorial circle that is inside the mall in Washington, D.C. Now we have some artist renderings of the new design. It's gonna be updated. Chris, walk us through some of these uh, pictures as we show the audience on the screen. That's right. So. Uh, this is a, a major upgrade to the memorial. It's called the Circle Remembrance. It's just beyond, beyond the Atlantic Arch, and it's going to be all 515 words of FDR's D-Day prayer. It's a wonderful historical presidential prayer, and actually, this will fix something that's really been missing in the monument. It's a wonderful tribute. The World War II memorial is a wonderful tribute to the 16 million Americans who served us in World War II. There's only one problem. There's no scripture verse, a prayer, or a reference to God anywhere on it. To the lament of many of those veterans who would point to that area of the wall of FDR's proclamation of war, which ended with, so help us God, and they omitted that. So again, the whole reason behind this prayer is to give distinct honor and definition to the uh, service and sacrifice of our veterans of World War II, and really for all veterans. And so it's a great accomplishment to add this prayer in a magnificent fashion, the upgrade of the circle remembrance. And uh, so when we first toured and where they were going to place the prayer, we thought we would they would put it in the existing areas of the monument, just inscribe it with a plaque. And they said, no, we have a much greater addition that we want this to be the center of. So we were thrilled about that. Challenge was it was two to $3 million. 
And so it, it has to be paid for, not by tax dollars, but by private donations like most monuments in Washington. So this has been an 11-year project. We are at the finish line. We did get a $2 million grant last year, but something else happened called inflation. So as everybody knows, it's cost more for everything. So this final cost to getting this prayer over the finish line, uh, inflation has accelerated the cost of granite alone by $300,000. So we're going to help with that. And that's why we'd like people to contribute at ddayprayerproject.org. This this financial support that you give will be going to adding this prayer that will be dedicated later this summer. We'll have we'll come on this program. We'll give you the announcement of the dates because we're going to have Bill Fetter there and Dave Barton and Chaps. We want you there. We'll have Senator Portman, Congressman Johnson, Representative Buff, who led a resolution in the Ohio House at the time, and lots of friends to dedicate this prayer. Our young people reading it for generations to come, they'll know exactly why those men and women fought in uh, 1944 and liberating us from Nazi Germany. And we need that lesson today as we see history repeating itself again in Europe right now Yeah, with Ukraine and the invasion by Russia. Well, I'd be honored to participate and thank you for the invitation. I wanna be there. And this is to honor our World War II veterans. That's the whole point of the entire display which is already in the mall there. Uh, And the greatest generation as Tom Brokaw's book refers to them Uh, are now passing away in record numbers. You figure if you were an 18 year old in 1939, 1941, when you were called up, you're now approaching 95, 100. Uh, There are not gonna be many of these greatest generation people left. We need to get this done beforehand. Um, And as you said, now the, the Lilly Foundation, the Lilly Endowment has granted generously, thank you, $2 $2 million to put this in with private funds. But that was, you know, in the past two years, inflation has gone up 7% and 8%. That's 15% on top of the construction cost they had estimated at 2 million. Now it's gonna cost uh, $300,000 more than the 2 million. So that's 15% that's right. inflation because of not just gasoline cost, but construction, housing cost, everything is through the roof you need to raise $300,000. And the way people can participate is through that website, ddayprayerproject.org. Again, that's ddayprayerproject.org. And I want people to donate. Open your wallets widely. Uh, Chris, when you have talked to veterans in the greatest generation, maybe you've been there with them on the mall, we see an artist depiction of some of them in their wheelchairs, just remembering the day the, the, and, and the prayer of, of that FDR gave, what has their comment been to you about this? Oh, over the years they said, young man, get it done. And so <laughs> we have been commissioned by the greatest generation. And you know, chaps, this really kept me awake nights. And you know, I was saying, Lord, I don't know how to raise the money. We, we got small donations in from across the country and every one of them have gone to the to the effort to adding the prayer, but we still weren't able to get major funding. In fact, some of the Christian organizations, oddly enough, people that we'd reached out to, they just didn't get back to the friends or to us. And yet I went to bed one night and I just, I pled with the Lord. I said, Lord, I don't know how to do it. And he spoke to me, I'm going to do it. And that's when within six months, I got that call from Senator Portman. He said, Chris, I have great news. The Lilly Foundation has come forward with a $2 million grant. But again, just like everything else that we do in this life, serving our Lord, there is an enemy and we have a battle in front of us, chaps. And so here comes inflation, here comes other delays, and but we're almost there. So folks, financially, this is a time that your do- donation is going to make the most impact in getting this prayer to the finish line, which will be there permanently and a great tribute to our World War II veterans and all of our veterans and for their service. And we want you to come to Washington. And this prayer is meant to be read aloud. It's a prayer speech that FDR gave. And you know, he wouldn't even last out the year, chaps. He would die that same year, even before the year's end. And you can hear in his voice when he prays this prayer, a president that's concerned about the men and women who are fighting on battlefields all over the world. He said, some will never return. Receive them, Father, into thy arms. And he said, give strength to those who are on the battlefield and to strength and courage to those 
moms and dads back home who have their sons fighting on battlefields around the world. It's a wonderful historical presidential prayer. It will be lasting and not forgotten. And the, the enemies of our history will not be able to delete this one, folks. It will be there permanently in stone and granite and a bronze plaque. So you can do it, ddayprayerproject.org. And ultimately, God answered that prayer, and we were victorious against the Nazis in World War II. We liberated Europe, uh, and and thank God that prayer and America, even the president praying and, and autographing those Bibles for the troops, maybe God gave us that victory. Let's take a short break. When we come back, I will show the video of Senator Rob Portman endorsing this D-Day prayer project. Defending your religious freedom. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps. We're now gonna show a short uh, endorsement video that has been produced professionally by Chris Long and the Christian Alliance of America, who is sponsoring the FDR Prayer Memorial, which is going to be added to upgrade the existing World War II Veterans Memorial. Let's roll that clip. It's a day to remember the bravery and valor of those men who crossed over from the rocky shores of Britain to the fog-shrouded shores of northern France and save the world. 10,000 of our best and brightest were lost that day. This is also a day to celebrate the next step forward in ensuring that an historic moment is remembered by all of us, which was a choice that day by President Franklin Delano Roosevelt to say a prayer on behalf of those soldiers and on behalf of our country. The circle of remembrance where we are right now has been selected as the home to the permanent plaque. It's a perfect location for that marker. For years to come, young people will be coming from all across America, in youth groups and school groups, community groups, to read this prayer. It's actually a prayer speech. As indicated earlier, over 100 million people worldwide heard President Roosevelt as he went to the airwaves that morning of June 6, 1944. My fellow Americans, he began. Last night when I spoke with you about the fall of Rome, I knew that at that moment the troops of the United States and our allies were crossing the channel in another and greater operation. It has come to pass with success so far. And so in this poignant hour I ask you to join with me in prayer. Almighty God, our sons pride of our nation. This day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and to set free a suffering humanity. Lead them straight and true. They will be sore tried by night and by day. Some will never return. Embrace these, Father, and receive them. Let words of prayer be on our lips, invoking thy help to our efforts. And let our hearts be stout to wait out the long travail. Thy will be done. Almighty God. Amen. So there you saw it, uh, Senator Rob Portman. And uh, Chris, you, you had mentioned your Congressman uh, Bill Johnson, but really this was your idea and you brought it to Congress. They passed it and eventually they even got Barack Obama's support. It was signed into law under the Obama administration. This was, uh, I wanna say Senate Bill 1044, the World War II Memorial Prayer Act. Uh, It was sent by unanimous consent to the Senate and then passed by the House of Representatives and President Obama signed this bill into law in 2014. But here we are in 2022, uh, because of the funding delays and it cannot be funded with taxpayer dollars, you finally procured a major grant by the Lilly Endowment of $2 million. Congratulations on that. How did that come about? Well, really through prayer. You know, adding this prayer to the memorial has been a spiritual battle all along the way. And we were almost there, chaps. You know, a little bit about that video clip. One of the things that we wanted to do was put a sign at the uh, memorial saying future site of the adding of FDR's D-Day prayer. And the center says, I think we could do better than that. Why don't we put a little prayer plaque out there uh, <laughs> as a 
kind of as a down payment, right? As a as a promissory note of the full prayer being added here. And that's what we did. And you know it's been there for three years already. So we already have had a smaller version of the prayer on location at the Circle of Remembrance. Literally thousands of people have already read that prayer. Wow. We've gone to Washington and visited the prayer plaque there. It was only supposed to be there for three months. That's kind of the good side of bureaucracy. They forgot to come and pull it out. <laughs> oh my gosh. So it, yeah, so it's still there, which is great. And I actually, I think the Park Service wants to leave it there until the, the full prayer is added later this year. And again, we wanna, uh, we're a little behind schedule because we were going to have a dedication, some people reading on the website, yes, that's right, on June uh, 6th of this year, 2022, was our original intention to, de to unveil it this year, but it will be later in the summer because right now what's going on is the final plans uh, they're putting it out for bid for contractors, and then we'll know what the final cost is. But we're already told that inflation uh, is going to be uh, something we need to get ahead of here. So whatever folks can donate today at ddayprayerproject.org, your contribution is tax deductible, by the way, and it goes through the Ohio Christian Alliance Education Fund, and then that's going to go to add this prayer. And God bless you and the memory of those who have served in your family as well, because it's for all of our veterans. That's right, and we honor them with this gift and this prayer. Uh, Chris, I don't know if you are, are able to lead our audience in a word of prayer to bring in the final $300,000 that is needed. Uh, I'm gonna yes. join you in that prayer, but, but maybe you, since you're like the author of this project, you know the words of FDR and his prayer that are going to be enshrined forever. Uh, there's gonna be a groundbreaking soon, there's gonna be a ceremony after these contracts are final. Uh, what do you want our audience to pray with you? And maybe you could lead us. Well, that's right. And you know, that at this time, when we're in so much conflict around the world, wouldn't this be a wonderful time for our nation to come together on something that we can agree about? Again, as Chaps mentioned, it was unanimous consent in the U.S. Senate. You know how rare that is, folks, uh, back on the 70th anniversary of the D-Day landings, and then only 12 objecting in the U.S. House of Representatives, and President Obama signed into law on June 30th of 2014. Then we've been working all this time with the Friends of the World War II Memorial to get this done. Again, it can't be paid for by tax dollars, but by private donations that you're contributing, and thank you for that. So I want you to continue to pray with us. And if you're visiting Washington, get over there to the World War II Memorial and visit the Circle Remembrance. And later this year, there will be the full upgrade of the prayers edition, a wonderful tribute to the 70, uh, 16 million Americans, excuse me, that served us in World War II and for all of our veterans. Would you join me in prayer? Our Father and our God, we just thank you that every good gift comes down from you. Lord, you put within each of your people a vision and a promise and a hope. And we thank you, God, that as you spoke to us, that this was your will, and that God, that you've led us all along the way. You've given us favor with man. We, you've given us favor with those in power in Congress. And Lord, you've given us favor with those with resources. Now we pray, Lord, just as the children of Israel each brought their offering for the tabernacle's construction. We pray, Lord, that we would do what you have called us to do and that you're speaking to people today what they can do uh, to offer as a uh, contr contribution to add this prayer. We ask your blessing upon it, Lord, and we'll give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, our guest has been Chris Long. Please donate today, in fact, don't give to us today. Don't help PIJN News. Instead, send your donations to ddayprayerproject.org. And our thanks to Chris Long for that. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. And the soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy and the Allied liberation of Europe. On D-Day, all those warriors set out on their mission. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt led our nation in prayer. The D-Day Prayer Project is an effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. 
This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. I'm Johnette Cruz, and I'm a busy mom. Then a friend told me about TrustBlueReview.com, a new website powered by the Christian Blue Network. She uses it to find trusted Christian-owned businesses. I checked it out, read the helpful reviews, and found a great family dentist. Now I use TrustBlueReview for all my family's needs. For peace of mind, do what I did. Visit TrustBlueReview.com or download their free mobile app from your app store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue Review. Will my kids like this dentist? Can I trust this mechanic? Who's a good choice for my upcoming remodel? I found businesses I can trust from TrustBlueReview.com. This company rebuilt our deck and renovated our bathroom. I'd highly recommend them to anyone looking to hire an honest contractor. The best dentist experience I've ever had. It's now easy to find trusted businesses in my community that have the same Christian values as my family. It all starts at TrustBlueReview.com or download their app in the App Store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue and we're back, and we're going to be talking with uh, Rick Santorum, who will be the keynote speaker at the Ohio Christian Alliance Spring Freedom Banquet, which will be uh, Thursday, May 12th at 6 p.m. at the Crown Plaza in Columbus. The information to register for the Ohio Christian Alliance Freedom Banquet with Rick Santorum and other special guests is at our website at ohioca.org. We conducted this interview with Rick a few weeks ago and thought it would be great for you to hear from again as he will be our keynote speaker again at this year's annual Freedom Banquet Thursday, May 12th at the Crown Plaza, Columbus North, and all the information's on our website. Here's Rick. I want to give a proper introduction to our good friend, Senator Rick Santorum. Of course, he was served in the U.S. Senate for 12 years. He served in the U.S. House of Representatives for four years. Uh, of course, he was a presidential candidate back in 2012 and came very close from being the nominee that year. As all of us remember, the Santorum surge in right here in Ohio uh, is where it came up a little short that year, and we wish he was the nominee, as he would have taken on Barack Obama that year. Unfortunately, it was Mitt Romney, and we know how that all turned out. Uh, but with that, Rick has been busy all over the years. Of course, he's been a conservative commentator on CNN, uh, and in fact, uh, the lone conservative, actually, and that's a very brave role over there at CNN over the years. Uh, but uh, things have changed. He's now with Newsmax, and actually with Newsmax t TV, he is the senior advisor and also the senior advisor at Convention of States. Please welcome Senator Rick Santorum. Welcome, Rick. Well, Chris, great to be with you. Thank you for that very long and kind introduction. I appreciate that. And uh, it's great to be talking to my friends in Ohio again. Well, I'll tell you, right now, from what I can see, I saw another uh, national radio host, very happy to have you on the program this week, Eric Metaxas, right here on the Salem yeah. Network. Also, I just heard rousing uh, reports out of the National Religious Broadcasters uh, Convention last week, and you spoke there, and we heard uh, some really rousing reports about that. So uh, we're really glad that you're out there and, and lending your voice of wisdom and advice and counsel uh, politically, and it's very much needed these days, as uh, people are very much concerned about what they see in the political landscape. Your thoughts? Well, it's not just the political landscape; it's the cultural landscape. It's the faith landscape. I mean, this, this you know, that's one of my messages that I deliver to the leadership of the National Religious Broadcasters, which is, you know, I appreciate all the great work they're doing, and and we certainly, you know, want to encourage them to do it, but. Let's just be honest. I mean, things are not going our way. I mean, faith is declining in America, particularly among young people. I mean, most young people in America don't know the Lord, and uh, you know we we see record rates of depression and suicide and drug use and uh, among young people. And uh, you know, you can see what's going on in Washington D.C. and and I guess the message I you know in some I said. You know, appreciate your work, but I'm not. I'm not very much for participation trophies. Uh, you know, I, I like to win, and you know, we have the truth. We have we have the word of God, and and we're not we're not doing a very good job with it. And uh, you know, we just have to. And I and I you know I talked about my time at CNN and how you know I was canceled from CNN for standing up for the truth. Uh, didn't apologize for it. You know, I've 
I've lost elections. I've been fired. I've been, uh, you, you name it. And, uh, you know, I didn't ask this, but I think I got the point across, which is, you know, how many of you have been fired for stand up and for the truth? How many of you have been canceled? How many of you have, you know, lost a friend or two because you took, you had the courage to stand up and fight for what the truth is? And um, the answer is the other side will and we won't. And as you see from Ukraine, uh, the side that really wants it, the side that's all in, the side that really is dug in and said, you know, we're not going to lose. I'll take that side. Even though we may not have the tools, uh, they had the passion. And unfortunately, the other side has the passion. And uh, and that's why we continue to see slippage. And until we get that passion back and get that commitment and have the courage to stand for truth and not just accept what everybody else says is true, then um, then we're going to continue to lose. Well, that's right. And, you know, I'm thinking a couple of years ago, you and I spoke, it was actually early in uh, President Trump's first uh, years in office, there was some discussion about doing away with the filibuster in the U.S. Senate. And I remember you coming on this program and <laughs> and saying, I have to yeah. tell you that you're wrong about that. And you gave a great explanation as to why the filibuster was needed. And you said, my years in the Senate it has really kept back a lot of the radical left agenda when we had the filibuster. And so you were prophetic. And I want to say that you were right. Uh, there were people clamoring uh, who were Trump supporters. Let's do away. Let's go nuclear option. Let's get away with the filibuster. But right now we can see that the filibuster, as you said, Senator Rick Santorum, you stated it as we need the filibuster. We need that firewall against the radical left. And we can see right now that Joe Machen, senator from uh, West Virginia, and Kirsten Cinema are actually holding the line and saving the republic uh, by their no votes of the, against the radical left, or we would really be in a fix. Your thoughts about that? No, thank you for remembering that, but that's absolutely true. In fact, uh, you know, we, we have seen uh, the centralization of power and the, the impediments that our founding fathers put in place to make sure that the federal government did not become authoritarian, did not become all-powerful, did not grab all the, uh, all the uh, ability to dictate every aspect of our lives and, and put it in a handful of people in Washington, D.C. They believed in federalism. They believed that the states should be where the primary uh, power should be, not because they thought they would necessarily be better at it, but what they, what they did believe is that if one state went off the deep end, you know what? You can always move. You can go to another state. And by the way, that's exactly what's happening in America today. Uh, federalism is working. People are uh, you know, moving from California. They're moving from New York. They're moving from Connecticut. And they're, and they're going to places like Texas and Florida and, and other folks uh, you know, in, in Arizona where, where freedom uh, exists. And, and that's, that's exactly how it should work here. We, we shouldn't have uh, California take control with Nancy Pelosi or New York with Chuck Schumer, get to Washington and say, we're going to impose New York and California values on Ohio. No, no, that's not the way it's supposed to be. And, uh, and the, the idea, that's, that's one of the reasons, candidly, I got involved with the Convention of States projects, because that's what this Convention of States project is all about. It's about restoring federalism. It's about limiting the power of the federal government. And um, right here in Ohio, you're having a debate in your state legislature right now. Uh, to to give us uh, to give us that that ability uh, to have a convention to propose amendments to limit the power of the federal government. So it's a it's an exciting time and it's a time when I think we really need people to engage and uh, because we have an opportunity uh, to to turn this clock around and and get this get this country back on the right track. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor. A struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. And the soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy and the Allied liberation of Europe. On D-Day, all those warriors set out on their mission. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt led our nation in prayer. The D-Day Prayer Project is an effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. 
This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. I'm Johnette Cruz, and I'm a busy mom. Then a friend told me about TrustBlueReview.com, a new website powered by the Christian Blue Network. She uses it to find trusted Christian-owned businesses. I checked it out, read the helpful reviews, and found a great family dentist. Now I use TrustBlueReview for all my family's needs. For peace of mind, do what I did. Visit TrustBlueReview.com or download their free mobile app from your app store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue Review. Will my kids like this dentist? Can I trust this mechanic? Who's a good choice for my upcoming remodel? I found businesses I can trust from TrustBlueReview.com. This company rebuilt our deck and renovated our bathroom. I'd highly recommend them to anyone looking to hire an honest contractor. The best dentist experience I've ever had. It's now easy to find trusted businesses in my community that have the same Christian values as my family. It all starts at TrustBlueReview.com or download their app in the App Store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue we're talking to Rick Santorum, and uh, currently he is a contributor with Newsmax uh, Television, and also he is a senior advisor at the Convention of States. Uh, Rick is speaking around the country. He just came out of the National Rig- Religious Broadcasters Convention, where he spoke there, and uh, we're glad that he's with us on News and Focus today. You know, Rick, um, you continue the work, and of course, uh, you had uh, you've you've had an illustrious political career, and people are continuing to look to you for as really a senior advisor, as a statesman at this point. Uh, your voice is so needed because we have seen such. Um, tribal politics over the last number of years on both sides of the aisle. And we've seen, uh, you know, this combativeness that's that's happened. And, of course, the radical left has uh, been the culprit of all this. I mean, communism, socialism, that's their goal, is to basically cause disruption, to, to co- create chaos. We saw it in the Obama years, and it's only accelerated. Uh, when we look at uh, President Biden, I mean, he first of all, he seems, quite honestly, the 25th Amendment comes to mind, not actually mentally uh, fit for office. I mean, there's questions about that. He's starting to slip mentally. You have a vice president who, obviously, she can't even just read the teleprompter and the script. Uh, And when she goes off script, it's, it's exposing, and it's actually very embarrassing to our nation and on the national stage. And then you look at the administration, but it's the powers behind the scene. Uh, who are actually creating these chaoses. So we're in Ohio where we have a battleground uh, over the maps in Ohio. And I know North Carolina and Florida is facing the same thing. And former state attorney general, uh, U.S. attorney general, excuse me, Eric Holder, is filing these lawsuits. He's being funded by George Soros, but they're wreaking havoc uh, with our redistricting uh, plan here in Ohio with with our maps, and it's still in the courts. Your thoughts on that? No, it's it it certainly is happening everywhere. Uh, you know, it's it's funny if 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 there's gerrymandering, if there's redistricting that favors the Democrats, that's okay. It's only it's only redistricting that favors Republicans that is uh, that's racist and 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 you know is is uh, is is trying to violate constitutional norms. I mean, this is just purely politics and uh, and you know, unfortunately, you know, Pennsylvania just went through this situation where. Uh, the governor basically stonewalled the redistricting and threw it to the state Supreme Court, which is controlled by Democrats. And of course, they passed the Democrat map. Uh, and and so we, you know, they, as we did 10 years ago, went to the Supreme Court and said, look, it says in the Constitution that the legislatures are the ones who are supposed to do this, not the courts. Right. And you have to you have to give deference to the legislature. And 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 here you have a situation where it's clear Ohio is probably another situation where where the, the courts have just stepped in and uh, and it, to to a duly elected a duly elected process to be able to to draw these maps, and unfortunately, I mean, we can't. And this is the the reason the reason I'm I'm you know pushing for a convention of the states because you can't count on the Supreme Court, even a Supreme Court that's supposedly a conservative court has passed on 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 dealing with this issue. Uh, it's it's one of those things where uh, you know we we have to we have to get. We have to get things solid again in the in the supreme in the um, in the Constitution. A lot of our constitutional provisions have been corrupted uh, by the court. They've taken language and 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 
twisted it and turned it so you don't even understand what the what the original uh, has nothing to do with the original meeting that was in the Constitution. Now that doesn't happen overnight. It took 150 years for them to do it. So that's why I think the answer is let's get back. Let's propose amendments. Let's put them in the Constitution. And at least it'll be good for another 100, 150 years before the court messes it up again. Well, you know, the state's fighting back. Um, We have seen that with the vaccine mandates, for instance, and uh, with the OSHA order. But, uh, you know, the CMS order with healthcare workers, we saw where the court really divided the baby, where they they sided with uh, the people when it came to OSHA order from the administration, but with CMS, which is basically, um, you know, the Medicare and Medicaid dollars, um, uh, and so everyone who's receiving those and those hospital workers, they were, they allowed that to stand. And, and so people lost their rights who were healthcare workers for years. And many of them had natural immunity. I mean, that none of yeah. that was taken into account. Um, well, that comes back to, that comes back to elections have consequences. And I know there are people now, Ohio did the right thing. They, they supported president Trump, but you know, a lot of states, a lot of voters in this country were just so upset with the president because of his personal behavior and his mean tweets and uh, his, um, you know, his his demeanor sometimes when he gets out there in the public. And I can understand that. I understand how people can be upset with that and how that offended people. And, and I know a lot of people who were. But I tell you what's more offensive, <laughs> losing your freedom. I tell you what's more offensive, having a weak president who gets us into potentially World War Three. Those are the things that are much more offensive and much more harmful to the country than tolerating someone who has, you know, who is an intemperate, who has an intemperate mouth. Uh, and so that's, that to me is, is, is really what it comes down to. And uh, unfortunately, we're, we're stuck for another almost three years with the current president and much damage can be done. And that's why these elections coming up are so important uh, to, um, to take back the House and Senate and at least block some of the really horrible things that he's trying to do. Well, that's right. And people lose sight of that goal, I think, sometimes. There were so many people jaded uh, that we talked to on the ground, grassroots, and saying, oh, they're just going to steal the election. Look what they did in 2020. And, of course, we can turn that around, but building a, a wave, a red wave for November, uh, we're all about doing. The, the fact is, though, is that uh, every day that this is forestalled with this battle over the maps, with these lawsuits being uh, filed by Eric Holder and uh, the political left. They are creating distraction and confusion. And when people look at inflation, they look at the gas pump, they look at uh, the fears of the national media with uh, uh, what's happening in Ukraine as uh, Europe is exploding. Uh, this is where people are distracted from their everyday lives. I mean, when we think about uh, what should be happening right now is moving, marching towards the election uh, to get these conservatives into office. They're being distracted by this, and I think it's intentional. Your thoughts? Well, uh, on the issue of election integrity, let me just say this. You know this. Every listener knows this. Evil prospers in the dark. Shadows. I mean, that's, that's the th- that, you know, when it's when you're not, when, when nobody's looking. Uh, that's when it's a lot easier to get away with things. And that's why I think it's really important that everybody take their civic responsibility that they they took for granted, which is to get out there on election day and watch, uh, get out there and you're in particularly in polling places where there aren't Republicans, uh, where there are very few Republicans demand polling places like in Cleveland and you know and in Cincinnati and and in other other urban areas where there just aren't very many Republicans to watch what's going on at the polls. Uh, make sure that you have that, that you have people at the polling places watching what's going on because if you have eyes on, it's it's much much harder uh, to do any kind of fraudulent things. And again, people won't even try. I know you think, oh, there's all these things going behind the scenes. No, I mean it's 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 not it, it's it's not easy to cheat uh, in a, on a grand scale. It's easy to cheat on a small scale. It's easy for someone who's not supposed to vote to vote. But on a on a grand scale that could have any kind of impact on the election, that's actually very hard to do if people are watching. And, and so the key for us is people need to be watching. And uh, and you know election integrity starts with you. And I always you know you say well you know we don't have time to do that. And my answer to that is well freedom's hard. You know there's no there's, freedom is not the natural state of things. Freedom is not how as you look around the world, freedom and for, freedom is is decreasing in the world. It's not expanding. Why? Because it's hard. It's not the natural state. Authoritarianism is the natural state. 
What you see growing in, in America, this socialistic, progressive authoritarianism, is the norm in the world. And we need free people to fight for their freedom. We see the cost that the Ukrainians are paying to stand up and fight for freedom. We're asking a lot less to make sure that we have honest and fair elections. And, and uh, the best way to do that is to be involved. Absolutely. And we're we're pushing poll working all across the yep. state. And that's I agree with you completely that it's about having witnesses there every step along the way as the ballots are being processed, both Democrat and Republicans equally. I like to uh, equate it to it's two groups of thieves co- counting over the same pot of money. And that's the way that the ballots are. And so you have to have that kind of equity all along the way. And that's how you keep integrity in elections. Rick, I want to turn the corner here in the final minutes of the program to talk about Ukraine. Uh, in your opinion, what should you, the U.S. be doing right now? And also to follow up, what shouldn't we be doing? Well, the uh, first thing we shouldn't be doing uh, is we shouldn't be telling him what we're not going to do. <laughs> I, that's one of the things that, that has bothered me from the very beginning of this conflict, is that Joe Biden has gone out of his way to, to, to give comfort to Vladimir Putin that certain things are off the table. You know, one of the things that uh, I think kept Russia from any kind of expansionist or China, any kind of expansionist ideas during the Trump administration is Donald Trump never took anything off the table. <laughs> you just never knew what Donald Trump was going to do. And that that uncertainty is so important. You know, uh, it, it's 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 incredible uh, that that we have a president who is so afraid of Vladimir Putin, so afraid of Iran, and so afraid of our enemies that he's willing to just concede so much to them in order to get in their good graces, so they'll be nice to us. <laughs> Being nice to evil people. Uh, who 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 see this as weakness and see this as an opportunity to prey on your weakness is is damaging to our national security and to our country. So uh, that's the first thing that he shouldn't do, and that is uh, to 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 give comfort to Vladimir Putin that uh, you know that he can do certain things without any consequence. Uh, you know, as strategic ambiguity is a good thing when it comes to these kinds of conflicts. So that's number one. What we should be doing is, <laughs> I think everyone's talked about this. I'll just add my voice to it. We should be producing more oil and gas in this country, you know, in, in southwestern Ohio in particular, and, and in, in uh, western Pennsylvania. And it, look, we have the best technologies to get gas and oil out of the ground. We have the cleanest technology, the most environmentally friendly technology, and we're going to places that, are the worst polluters on the planet when it comes to oil and gas production. Iran, Venezuela, I mean, Venezuela is the worst. Unbelievable. We're going to to them. So those are the things that we should be doing. We should be supplying them with all the weapons that they need, even, I mean, certainly MiGs and and anti-aircraft missiles. We need to get more robust in in our ability to to support the Ukrainian people. I think this war is not going to last as long as some people think, because I think the Ukrainians are going to hang tough and if we, as long as we continue to give them the resources to do so. The no-fly zone request. Many believe that that will accelerate um, the um, unfolding of this conflict in, in bringing in the NATO powers. How can a no-fly zone request be uh, responded to without tipping the scale to where uh, things get out of hand? Yeah, I, I don't think we can do a no-fly zone in, in, in the sense of how our military looks at that. A no-fly zone r- requires us to take out basically air superiority, to take out all of the threats, which is all of the anti-aircraft missiles have to be destroyed. All those batteries have to be destroyed. Well, a lot of those batteries are in Russia and Belarus. So you know, we're not going to go in and, t- and, and take out Russian and Belarus uh, anti-aircraft. That means we're not going to have uh, real protection, if you will, from uh, from from those uh, from those missiles. Uh, so we can't really accomplish a no-fly zone without hitting assets outside of the country or hitting Russian assets in the country. Either way, we're attacking Russia, and so that's that's not going to that's not something that uh, I think anybody in America or very few people in America see as see as a viable option. 
there are other options available to us. I mean, there's, there's humanitarian airlifts, or like the Berlin airlift. Uh, if if uh, a country, a non-aligned country, say an African country, were willing to work with the UN, and the UN sponsored humanitarian airlifts into Mariupol, for example, down on the on the on the uh, on the sea, on the Caspian Sea down there. I mean, those would be would be a, would be a, uh, a a place an an opportunity for us to get uh, humanitarian aid in. Uh, you know, could the Russians shoot down a humanitarian airlift plane? Yes, I guess they could, but I, I sincerely doubt they would. Uh, and, and, and again, would add to their list of humanitarian uh, war crimes. Uh, but I think it should be tried, and that's one option. The other option is potentially, again, getting non-aligned countries, uh, the U.N. in particular, to create a safe zone in western uh, Kiev, excuse me, western Ukraine, outside of Lviv, for example. So those are, those are options, not NATO kinds of things, but again, being creative, uh, being forward-leaning, not reactive to what Putin dictates, but we start dictating things. We start pushing things and, and, and challenging his, uh, his you know, horrific war machine. Well, we are having our people pray for Ukraine. Uh, lots of missionaries and Christian churches are sending aid right now. Samaritan's Purse is on the ground. Also, uh, a lot of uh, humanitarian aid is pouring into the country. We're going to continue to pray and pray for our administration. Uh, you know, this is it's so desperate right now. And, and, and Rick, thank you for what you're doing. And uh, being an advisor to so many, and actually being a voice of reason right now, and it's so needed. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, Chris. God bless. God bless you. Again, that was uh, Senator Rick Santorum, and um, we're glad that you were able to join us today. In fact, if you've missed any of this interview, you can hear it in its entirety at our website at ohioca.org. You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.